This is Come and See from St. Andrew's Anglican Church for Sunday, March 20th, 2016. The Gospel is taken from the book of Luke, chapter 19, verses 28 through 40. The message is by Father Ron Baird. After having traveled so many miles through this Lenten journey, all the way from Mount Hermon in the north and the Golan Heights, we finally arrive at Jerusalem, at least at the gates of Jerusalem, um, where Holy Week begins. And in Holy Week we reach that last leg of our journey to the cross of Christ, where we hope beyond all measure that God is greater than the sin of the world, and more particularly that God is greater than the sins that we commit. On that Palm Sunday, there were some strange things that were going on. First of all, Jesus is up there and he's telling his disciples that um, they need to uh, go down into the town and there they will see a young colt tied up. Now this colt was a donkey. And they said, and untie it and bring it to me. If anyone says anything to you, just tell them that the Lord needs it. Now that would be plenty of instruction for you guys, wouldn't it? If I said to you, I want you all to go over here to Polaris Mall and you'll see a black Mercedes sitting in the parking lot. And I want you to go in, hotwire it, and, and bring it to me. And if anyone asks you what you're doing, say, well, the rector needs it. I'm just saying what Jesus said. I, <laughs> I don't think you'd get away with it either. You'd probably go to jail. I mean, it's kind of an astounding thing, really, that he would tell them to do such a thing. And we don't really know why the people who were there agreed to that. They don't tell us. Was it because there were more disciples than there were people to fight them? Or was it because they knew who the Lord was? Luke never says. You know, we don't have any clue as to why they do it. But they bring this donkey back to Jesus, and they take off their cloaks, um, which is like an outer garment, and throw it on top of the donkey for Jesus to sit on as he's riding in. And as he's going in, more and more people start throwing their cloaks and their and palms on the ground as he travels down the palm road um, into the Golden Gate. Um, now everybody knows the significance of this in Jerusalem. They all know that the, the son of David, the Messiah, will return. And when he returns, he will be riding in to Jerusalem through the Golden Gate on the back of a donkey, because that was the beast that David rode on. And so they were all shouting, Hosanna in the highest, and they were very, very excited. But again, you have to ask yourself, if you had a coat, would you put it in front of a donkey for him to walk on? I mean, donkeys aren't modest. They do all kinds of stuff while they're walking, things that ought not be done, particularly on your coat, I might add. And so, and yet people are doing this. And, and as he gets closer and closer and begins near the gate, the, the Pharisees up on the wall are hearing all this shouting and excitement that's going on. And finally they say to Jesus, tell your disciples to be quiet. Now, they weren't just being rude or something. I mean, they, they had a reason for this. Because shortly before that, at the other end of town, through the gate at the west, um, a different person came in representing a very different king. Pontius Pilate had ridden into town. He didn't ride a donkey. <clears throat> he came in on a, a great steed with every Roman legion that there was in Israel. Every year at Passover, Ro you know, Rome would gather all of its armies in the area to descend upon Jerusalem. And they would s settle into the Antonia Fortress because at Passover was the most likely time that rioting 
and an insurrection was about to break out, and they were going to make sure that there weren't any problems. And so he brings this huge army with him, and, and the Pharisees know this. And so they know that you've got the crowd at the other end of town shouting, Hosanna in the highest, you know, blessed he who comes in the name of the Lord. If word spreads out that the Messiah is coming, it's going to get out of hand, and people are going to get hurt. And so they're saying, tell your disciples to be quiet. And Jesus looks up at them and says, even if all of these were to be quiet, the stones themselves would cry out. Now, have you ever heard a rock yell? <laughs> so what's he talking about here? Well, I suspect some of those Pharisees remembered because Jesus had also told them before when they claimed to be sons of Abraham. And they, you know, they were privileged. They were the chosen people. He said, God can raise up for himself you know, children of Abraham from these rocks. And so he's saying the same thing here. That even if all of the children of Israel decided to be quiet, then God would raise up new children of Israel from the rocks themselves. And, and they would cry out, Hosanna in the highest. Because the world is about to change. Everything is about to change. Legend has it that as Jesus was riding on this donkey, a transformation in donkeys came about. Don't know if that actually is how it happened or what happened, but, but what we do know is that ever since then, every donkey has a cross on its back. Because it was the donkey that bore Jesus into Jerusalem, carrying the King of kings and Lord of lords into his glory, which is the cross. Now probably at that point, the donkey was the only one that knew. Nobody else seemed to have a clue. And so Jesus gathers his disciples together and begins to preach and teach in the temple until ultimately the final climax that begins at the end of Holy Week. Now, for us today, as we celebrate Palm Sunday and, and get our palms and shout Hosanna in the highest and do all these things, we have to ask ourselves an important question. You know, you've probably heard of Christmas and Easter Christians. Anybody ever heard of that? I don't know any Christmas and Easter Christians. I don't know if they still exist or if they ever did exist. But I don't think most people are Christmas and Easter Christians. I think most people are Palm Sunday Christians. Not because that's when they go to church, but because deep down, isn't that the God we all want? You know, the God who's going to take care of all of our problems? The God who's going to get rid of all the bad things in our life and make things good? The God that kind of looks more like Santa Claus than, than Jesus Christ? That's what the crowd wanted. That's why they were shouting. They saw him as an opportunity to finally overcome all the problems of their life. In America, we have a, a, a thing like that every four years. It's called an election. <laughs> then when the four years is over, we're all disappointed and we do it again. It's amazing how we can delude ourselves into thinking that any one person can be that. But this crowd wanted Jesus to solve all the problems. He wanted him to throw the Romans out of Israel and, and make the world good again. And in reality, isn't that kind of how we approach God? You know, we, we go to God all the time with our problems, don't we? God, you know, you know I, I need this raise. God, you know, can you help me win the lottery? God, can you help Aunt Myrtle? She's sick. You know, God, can you make my kid study his math? I mean, all those kinds of things. You know, anything that we need, we somehow or other take to God, and, and God goes, oh, good, a whole new list of problems today to solve, just what I was looking for. Because that's who we think he is. But he's not. He's not that kind of God at all. He's the kind of God who is actually strongest when he is weakest. 
He is the kind of God that changes the world not through power and force, but through love and persuasion. And so every one of us has to ask ourselves, who is this man riding on this donkey for us? And what is it that we are expecting? And even more so, are we willing to follow him? Because to follow him doesn't mean like the disciples wanted in the Passion to be the greatest in the kingdom of God. To follow him means to follow him to his death. Because it is only in following him to his death that we can share in his resurrection. It's only in dying to ourselves that we find our lives. It's only in becoming a slave to the gospel that we find true freedom. And so this most holy of weeks, which has been observed since the, the 300s, is, is an important week for Christians. Now, admittedly, it's getting a lot of tough competition lately because schools seem to keep wanting to put spring break during Holy Week or during Easter weekend and on. It's driving me crazy. Unfortunately, they don't care. But it does 